News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app or on the Facebook Live, just search On The Mark KHMO on Facebook. You follow along there. This is On The Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Country. Tell them Mark sent you. Welcome on into the show this uh, gorgeous Saturday morning. In America's hometown, downtown Hannibal. Uh, Illinois last night was rocking as uh, it's completely back open. It was out of blues in the district there in Quincy. Oh, it was fantastic to be outside, listen to live music again, uh, surrounded by uh, friends and family and loved ones. It was a, it was a great time. So hopefully everyone's uh, enjoying the start of this weekend. Lots going on. Big weekend in the world of sports. Uh, the NBA uh, playoffs are in uh, full swing. So this show, we're going to get into the Eastern Conference. We'll get into the Western Conference a little bit later on the show. Uh, I got some thoughts in the NFL, the Julio Jones trade, Aaron Rodgers not showing up to minicamp uh, with thoughts on those two issues, as well as um, college football making a little noise and why uh, if you're a Mizzou fan, you might want to stick around because I got some thoughts on that. You can actually find my full thoughts right now on KHMORadio.com and the KHMO app. All right, let's waste no more time. Let's jump into it. Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, let's start with the Eastern Conference in the NBA playoffs for Hespin headline number one. Uh, and, and I think these series are, uh, are very different series and they're going in, I think, very different directions. Uh, let's start with these Philadelphia 76ers. They now have a 2-1 lead on Atlanta, uh, winning the last two games after Atlanta stole game one. Uh, behind a great Trey Young performance. Uh, the win last night, 127-111. And, and let's just be honest. The 76ers right now are the type of team that could be NBA champions at the end of this season if they get that Ben Simmons that they got last night on a regular basis. If that Ben Simmons shows up on a regular basis, meaning... Of the seven games of the series, five of the seven, or six of the seven, maybe everyone's allowed to have one clunker, right? It's long series. But if you get that right of Ben Simmons regularly, that's it. The Sixers could very easily be the NBA champions. Because when that Ben Simmons shows up, a guy who's 7 of 11, 18 points, and hits at least 50% of his free throws, 4 of 8 last night, then you get all the other, the rest of the greatness of Ben Simmons. He's always going to rebound. He's always going to uh, find the open man, make uh, make good passes, get the assists, and he's always going to defend well at a six ten point guard. If you get the scoring Ben Simmons, the aggressive Ben Simmons, the Ben Simmons who's going to shoot eleven times and make seven of them, then Philly could be almost impossible to stop. Just in the same way, the Nets are seemingly impossible to stop. But the problem is we just don't know if we're going to get that Ben Simmons, right? That He's an enigma in that way. 
he is uh, he's frustrating. And I can't imagine what it's like being a Philadelphia 76ers fan because you get to watch him every single day in these games and you see this potential. And yet it doesn't show up on this regular basis, especially compared to a guy in Joel Embiid who's clearly not 100%, but he's out there like hard on his sleeve, emotional leader, battling through this tear in his knee. And you just want to see that fire, that same passion, that same intensity from Ben Simmons. If that Ben Simmons shows up every night, the 76ers uh, you know, and whoever they play in the Eastern Conference Finals, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be competitive games. And they could easily beat anyone from the West as well. They really could. If that Ben Simmons shows up. It's a big if. Now, for Atlanta on the other side of this, I, you know, I feel like Atlanta could steal one more game maybe in this series. Trey Young is that good. He can go off and get really hot. Um, but but this series is, is over. Uh, it, it was over as soon as we realized that Joel Embiid was going to be 80 to 90% of Joel Embiid. Atlanta doesn't have enough firepower. Atlanta is still so young. This was a great step forward for Atlanta. They need to get Trey Young um, a a real great wing guy. He needs another developed guy at that small forward position. You know, John Collins is really developing. I love Clint Capello with Trey Young because Capello is a guy that does dirty work, doesn't need you, don't need to run plays for me. Let me dive and cut towards the rim, get rebounds, putbacks, lob dunks. That's a perfect center for him. So it's a um, it's a great step forward for Atlanta. And could they push this to six games? I think so. I don't see them pushing it to seven games. If you get that Ben Simmons and if Joel Embiid stays healthy, it's probably over actually in five. But, uh, again, we don't know what, what Ben Simmons we're getting on a night-to-night basis. Great step forward for Atlanta. Uh, but you're starting to see their deficiencies as far as uh, what they need. Trey Young needs that other guy, just that uh, a real solid two uh, he doesn't really have yet because Collins is too young uh, and uh, Cam Reddish not being healthy and in this series. And maybe Cam Reddish is the guy who takes that step. But again, so much youth on this Atlanta team. Great step forward for them. Uh, but I think they've hit their ceiling. Uh, and and in, in the other series, which I still think is the most fascinating series in the NBA right now, we talked about it last week, and that's Bucks versus Nets. Uh, you know, the Bucks get their win the other night, and it was a big win because they needed this win at home. Now, it was an ugly win. It was not a pretty game, 86-83. But it's a win that should also be concerning. Because at this point in time for Milwaukee, I feel like they have all the pieces. They are missing DiVincenzo, a guy who's a a spot-up three-point shooter who would give Kyrie Irving a lot of fits. They're missing him. Uh, But but they could still win this series without him. The problem is for for Milwaukee right now is I don't know what Coach Budenholzer is doing. I mean, you've got to rein in your superstars. Yes, when you have a two-time MVP on your team, it's like having a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant, these elite, elite players, even a Luka. You want them to do their thing, but you also have got to put them in good positions to succeed, and you've got to help direct them more. And I do not know why Giannis Antetokounmpo is shooting eight three-pointers. In a close game, 86-83, one of eight from three. I don't blame Giannis as much for that because what is Brooklyn doing? They're giving him the wide open three. And so when you're given the wide open three, as an NBA player, you think to yourself, I've got to knock these down because that will keep them honest. 
But at some point in time, the head coach also has to say to Giannis, you, they cannot guard you down there. And and a lot of that's Giannis and his own right getting into his own mind because he doesn't want to go to the free throw line either because he has been absolutely pathetic from the free throw line with these 10-second calls. Uh, but so Giannis has got to change his mentality. Maybe this win built, picks up a little bit that momentum. You know, you score 33 points, you get the 14 rebounds. Giannis has got to live on the block. He's got to live down low. He just has to. If they want to win this series and then kick it out to Middleton and then kick it out to Drew Holiday, kick it out to P.J. Tucker, that you've got to, you, Boonholzer, has got to get Giannis in better spots to be more successful. And I, I just don't know what the coaching staff of Milwaukee is doing. I'm, I cannot wait for game four in this because Milwaukee's back in this series, all right? You, you, the game isn't over until a road a, a road team wins away, you know. So it, it, it's right now everything's is playing out. But if Milwaukee can somehow get a a really impressive game four victory, I think it changes this series a little bit, especially with James Harden out. But you know, you, you get a, a lackluster performance from Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Yeah, he goes thirty points, but it take him twenty eight shots. And Blake Griffin and the others don't play well. Joe Harris, you know, only has one for seven from three. Yeah, you got to win that game. I'm not. I'm not going to say you got to win that game by twenty, thirty points. Yeah, that would be nice. That means you would be clicking all cylinders. A win's a win. They all count the same. But Milwaukee is really disappointing me uh, from the coaching staff, from the game planning. How are you not uh, putting Giannis and your star in the best position for him to shine? Giannis has to spend the offseason a lot like Ben Simmons has to spend the offseason. You need to you need to work on your free throws and you need to work on your three-point shooting. But it, but don't do that in the middle of a series. Do what got you there. Get in the block. Get in transition. Dominate down low. I, I don't care. Shoot 30 f- free throws and make 15 of them. But but put them in foul trouble. Get, get Blake Griffin in foul trouble. Get them all in foul trouble. You know, get Claxton in foul trouble. You've got to do it. You've got to find a way to, to live on that free throw line, Giannis. Even if even if you're not going to be making them, I'd rather Giannis be shooting 30 free throws than only nine and then three eight three-pointers. It's just too much. Uh, so that's a real series. Um, but I, I, think that, I think what this series comes down to is will Milwaukee's coaching staff rein Giannis in and help him. Give him that confidence. Like, Just say to him, Giannis, I'd rather you shoot 33 free throws than eight three-pointers. That's going to help us win more. Because you're going to make 15 of the free throws, we hope. But that you're not going to make four of eight from three. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen for you right now, big fella. Hopefully in two years from now, it's happening. If Giannis wants to consistently win championships, he has got to go consistently four of eight from three point or, you know, three of seven along those lines. He's got to, but that's what you work on the off season right now. Get in the block, get in transition, kick it to your shooters. You have a ton of shooters on Milwaukee. Uh, So really interesting Eastern conference. Let's take a break. We'll jump into the Western conference next. You know, I, I think you also are learning a lot about, like I said, with Atlanta, the one thing about the second round, it tells you a lot about, you know, the teams that are losing, like in Atlanta, 
hey, you listen, you're, you're hitting a ceiling. And we're going to talk about a team like that in the Western Conference here coming up next. Uh, there's no shame in that. You should be pumped for a first uh, a series win and, you know, fighting uh, the one seed and, and stealing a game in their building. But you also then, it's great for an organization in a lot of ways because you start to learn, oh, okay, if we want to take the next step, if we want to be a conference finals team, how these are the pieces that we're missing. These are the things we have to do. Uh, and so you're finding that. I think for Milwaukee right now, it's nothing on their roster. It's their head coach. It's their coaching staff right now. That's Milwaukee's issue versus Atlanta's issue, What you're seeing is they need that Cam Reddish to develop and to, to get older, or they need to bring in a, an already developed and established, you know, wing, you know, a three and D guy on the wing. All right, uh, coming on up, we'll jump into the Western Conference. Just on the mark, News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith family giving back. That's Tunis Country. Don't go anywhere. Stick around live and local on a Saturday in Hannibal. It's on the mark at News Talk 1070 KHMO. Come on back to on the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Ask them about their complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. That's right. They are doing a lifetime powertrain warranty on used vehicles. You go buy a used vehicle from Honda, Honda Hyundai, Cunis Honda Hyundai. Uh, it meets their parameters, lifetime powertrain warranty. That's insane. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Shop online, cunisquincy.com. Tell them Mark sent you. All right, welcome on back. Let's jump into it. Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, let's look into the Western Conference here now. And I, and I think the Western Conference, uh, in a lot of ways, is turning out to be just as fascinating uh, as the Eastern Conference, even though these series are, you know, kind of blowouts right now, um, I, I, I think there's a lot to learn from where we're at. So let's start, obviously, with the Suns going up 3-0 on the Nuggets after the 116-102 uh, win in Denver. L- let's just be honest. Denver has hit their ceiling, kind of like Atlanta, without Jamal Murray. So this is what Denver now has learned about their own team. Nikola Jokic, to me, is a deserved deserved MVP. He is such a unique talent. And I think Jokic is a true one in this league. I think you can win a championship with Jokic as your best player. Especially with with the way the NBA is right now, where LeBron isn't just a peak powers LeBron anymore. Where it's a lot of teams where it's like you need... A one and and then a bunch of other stuff around him, you know, a really solid two, and then a couple threes and fours. Um, Jokic, I think, is a true one, like a, a true one A. He makes people better. He can score and get his own shot whenever he wants. Uh, he's a, a little bit of a liability defensively, but the way the league is going right now, uh, it's a lot of just team defense, not as much lockdown defenders. Uh, and defense isn't necessarily winning championships in the NBA like we saw with the the Pistons in 04. Um, so I think it's it's slightly different. I think I think you can win an NBA championship with Jokic. I think you're absolutely right. In the comments on the uh, the live from uh, Dawson here, I, it is a bummer for the Nuggets because it seems like a wasted year for the Nuggets. In a lot of ways, it, it feels like whenever Steph Curry without Clay Thompson these past two years. That felt like wasted years because Curry is a lot like Jokic. He's a 1A. He is a guy you can win a championship around if he's your best player. 
But when your number two goes down, and I do think Murray is a legitimate number two in the NBA. He is a legit number two. You just don't you just don't have it. Um, and so, a shout out, kudos to Jokic. I think he's the deserved MVP. I think Joel Embiid would have had more of a chance, and I think probably would have gotten it, but he missed too many games. I'm sorry, in a, in a, in a shortened season already, only 72 games, Jokic was the first MVP to play in all 72 games or to start all 72 games. Uh, uh, so I know it wasn't 82 games, but to start every game of the season uh, since like the 90s or 80s, some, I mean, it's a ridiculous stat. Jokic, uh, for being a guy who's not like, you know, a physical freak as far as, you know, body type, uh, you know, being absolutely ripped, um, he he's r- r- absurdly healthy somehow. And you knock on wood that it stays that way for a while in his career because I really do think this Denver team is really fascinating with a healthy Jamal Murray. With a healthy Jamal Murray as your legit number two and a guard who can score and and defend all the other good guards in the Western Conference, Michael Porter Jr. is really developing into a really solid three and maybe eventually could be a two. He's just not at that part of his career. And, he, and he's back. He tweaked his back. He's not healthy, you could tell right now. And, and and Aaron Gordon is a great number four. Like, if Aaron Gordon's your number four, that's a championship team. Denver, when all healthy, is a championship team. And, and, and I think in a lot of ways could be favored next year in the Western Conference, depending on how all these other pieces go in the offseason go. But right now they've hit their ceiling, and I have a feeling the Suns will sweep this and take care of it. And uh, uh, may, maybe they'll do a gentleman sweep, let Denver get one, and then they'll win on their home court. But... Uh, uh, you, I don't blame Jokic for this at all. You've hit your ceiling. You can't. You just can't. The Suns are too good because they have a. It's weird. The Suns are built in a weird way because Booker is their one. He really is. But Chris Paul is the MVP. I mean, he really is the thing that makes this all work. And and what we're really valuing. I'm, and I'm glad that Chris Paul is getting this shine in the later part of his career because Chris Paul is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Chris Paul, you could argue, I think he's the top five point guard of all time. Um, where he fits into it, it's hard. I, I mean, I, I like Magic and, and Curry more. It, Iverson would maybe be three. Maybe Chris Paul's four. I mean, I, I would put Chris Paul at this point now ahead of Nash, now, even though he's a two-time MVP. Um, it's really interesting. But I, I'm glad the Suns and, and Chris Paul are getting this shine. And, and for the Suns... There's so much fun to watch because Booker is a walking bucket. He follows the leadership of Paul. You can tell he's a emotional leader, but he's not necessarily the verbal leader guy. Aiton is like a big kid out there, runs the floor really well, super athletic. Miles Bridges, I thought it was stupid. Philadelphia, by the way, has made two ridiculously stupid trades in the past couple years with their draft picks. They had Miles Bridges traded him. They had Jason Tatum, traded him. Like, Philly, you know, for trusting the process, imagine if Philly still had a Miles Bridges still. Yeah, I get it. They used those things to get it, Tobias Harris and blah, blah, blah. But Miles Bridges and or Jason Tatum on, on Philly right now, I mean, would just be so much fun to watch. Uh, but anyways, the, the Suns, I don't know if the Suns can win it all. Because I don't, I think the Suns can win the West. Certainly, I think that them versus the Jazz or the Clippers would be a really fun matchup. I think it would be each one of them be six, seven games. 
I don't know who I'd take yet in that series. I don't I don't think the Suns can beat um I don't think the Suns can beat a, a Brooklyn or a Milwaukee or a or a 76ers. So I just think the size but it'll be it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be a long series, but uh, I'm glad that Chris Paul's getting this deserved shine and he's healthy. It seems like the shoulders there. All right, in the other series in the in the West, Jazz up 2-0 in the Clippers. And uh I let, let me first start by talking to Jazz. Because we do need to start legitimately talking to Utah Jazz. And that is something that feels weird to say. But the Utah Jazz are this really fascinating team. Because the Utah Jazz are missing, I would argue, their third best player. Well, they are, it is their third best player, Mike Conley. But he's kind of their Chris Paul. Because Conley's the, the, the juice that makes everything flow. And he really controls the offense out there for him. But what we're also seeing is Donovan Mitchell is putting his stamp right up there uh, with Trey Young, Luka Doncic, uh, Jason Tatum, uh, and all these other great young players that we've talked about. John Morant in this playoff so far. you got to remember now, Donovan Mitchell is turning into a legit one. He really is. And, and if he's a lower-end one, like he would be like the bottom of the ones – but the great thing is he has got an incredible supporting cast. I mean, his supporting cast is legit. And, and, and I and I know you're thinking you're saying to yourself, like, well, Mark, I, you know, we don't talk to Jazz a lot. What do you mean? Well, Rudy Gobert is the deserved three-time defensive player of the year and won the defensive player of the year, and I think deservedly so. Rudy Gobert is legit. I mean, he's building a Hall of Fame resume. 30, 13 points. Five of seven from the free throw line in that win. Takes five shots. Four of five. Knows his role and gets 20 rebounds. I mean, that's what you want from your from your big man in, in your two. He knows his role so well. And he is the best in the league at that role. And you have a guy like Joe Ingles, who is a money shooter. Bodong Bogdanovich, who's a money shooter. I mean, these guys... Uh, you know, combined, uh, seven of 12 from three point range, Bogdanovich and Ingles. They're both tall. They both can space the floor. And then you add in Jordan Clarkson from the bench, who has developed into the next great six man. I don't know if Jordan Clarkson's a guy you pay max money to and you build around as a two. I think he'd be a great three on your team. In a lot of ways, he is the three. But then you argue, wait, well, Mike Conley's kind of the three. And Rudy Gobert is the definite two. And so you have this really unique team that even though Donovan Mitchell is your one and he's a low, low one, you like the best two, the worst maybe one in the, in the league. And when I say one, I'm not talking about position. Again, I'm talking about alpha on the team, like who you build around. He's got such a great supporting cast. I mean, it would just be the same. Like if you took any of these young players, a Luca, a uh, Trey Young, uh, 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 Donovan Mitchell, you know, Jason Tatum, and you put them on this Jazz, they would be the one seed too. Donovan Mitchell's just benefiting from it. But I also think they need Donovan Mitchell. Like, Donovan Mitchell fits this culture really well. Uh, and, and I would love to see, I would, I mean, I would love to see Donovan Mitchell. If this Jazz team could somehow get Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, 
gosh, uh, a, a, a Jalen Brown type, a, uh, a you know, someone, a, 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 a Bradley Beal to go with it. I mean, that would be insane. Donovan Mitchell, I mean, it would eventually, I think, for the Jazz to win multiple championships, for the Jazz to really win consistently, you need a legit scoring two, someone to help Donovan Mitchell sometimes. But the shooters are there. They're great. They all know their role. It's a chemistry team. Quinn Snyder is a great coach. And it's not shocking that they win two games at home uh, over the Clippers. Now, for the Clippers on the flip side, I'm not panicking on the Clippers yet. I'm, not, I'm really not. Because... We panicked on the Clippers, you know, a week and a half ago when they were down to Luka and the Mavs, and we saw how that series turned out. I, I, the Clippers are an enigma. I mean, they really are, and they're weird. The Clippers are not easy to predict. They are weird because at times they just don't seem like they like each other. They don't seem like they have any chemistry, and yet they also are just really bleeping talented. Like, Kawhi is an assassin. So, the Clippers are in the spot that the Bucks are in. I'm going to give them game three. I gave the Bucks game three. It is a must win. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's a must win game three for the Clippers. But, I, 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 I wouldn't be shocked if they do win it. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's where I'm, I'm not worried about the Clippers yet. You know, Reggie Jackson, you got a great game like that from Reggie Jackson. They need him to consistently step up. You know, I thought they brought in Rondo to be this guy, and then he doesn't even play in that game. Uh, they're just a weird, they're, they're a weird mix and a mosh of, of parts, and Kawhi is not a vocal leader, and Paul George is hot, and then he's ridiculously cold in the, in the end. I don't know. It's weird, but the Western Conference is fascinating right now. Because as soon as you take LeBron out and, like, there's no the guy, I mean, imagine if the Nuggets had Murray. I mean, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Suns are legitimately great teams. They are great teams. Uh, The Nuggets are just missing there, too. So you have three legitimately great just teams that play team basketball. The Clippers have the star power. They have Kawhi, they have Paul George, but they just don't feel like a great team. And I don't know if you're going to beat a great team like Utah that's relatively healthy, that's got all their pieces and they're humming, and they have home court advantage. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. A Utah versus a Suns series, I know the NBA is not going to love that because anytime Utah is involved, it's small market, it's not really marketable. But Donovan Mitchell versus Booker, I mean, yeah, like Devin Booker, you forget about him. Great young, like it's just going to be. It's a lot. Of, there's a lot of fun young players in the NBA right now, and they're getting a chance to shine because LeBron's out. And uh, and, and you know this is the new NBA as we're seeing. It's this transition time. All right, no sound on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO, the KHMO app, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Also follow along on Facebook, the Facebook Live on the Mark KHMO on Facebook. You can find it there. Uh, when we come back, let's talk NFL. Duh. Julio Jones gets traded. We got to talk about it. Aaron Rodgers not in camp. Got to talk about it. My thoughts coming on up. Don't go anywhere. Live and local and beautiful downtown Hannibal. It's on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO. Take us anywhere. News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. They have over 3,000 new news vehicles to choose from. 
And that's what's crazy about it. I'm driving around car lots here in the Tri-States, and they're empty. Then you drive by Cunis at 221 North 36th Street in Quincy, completely loaded. And it's because their network of dealers is so large. There's so many Cunis countries throughout the Midwest. The truck I bought from them last July when I joined the Cunis family was actually at their Monmouth location. I saw it on CunisQuincy.com. I contacted a sales staff at Cunis Honda Hyundai here in Quincy, said, hey, I'd like to look at this. Can you get it down for me? It was there the next day. Test drive, bada bing, bada boom, great deal. I'm in the family. So it's 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 really that simple. If you're in the vehicle for a new used vehicle, CunisQuincy.com, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you. All right. Let's start with Julio Jones to the getting trade to the Titans. It's a great move for the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans, listen, they, they're in a they're in a win now mode. Their division, I think, in in a lot of ways, uh, it's them in Indianapolis. All right, uh, they know in order to beat to win the AFC, what do we know? What do we know right now? Here is in mid June. What we know, I mean, there's no injuries, nothing started yet, but we know is you got to get through Buffalo and Kansas City. Buffalo and Kansas City can score like nobody's business, especially Kansas City. So Tennessee knows they got to score. Also, this I think helps their run game a ton. You cannot put eight in the box consistently to stop Derrick Henry when you have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, two of the top ten wide receivers in the NFL. And – Ryan Tannehill, again, you've got to put Ryan Tannehill into perspective. Since he started starting for the Titans a year and a half ago, he has been, by numbers, a top-five quarterback in this league. And he's been great. He's been very, very good. So I stop saying, oh, well, Ryan Tannehill, dinky arm. No, no, no. The modern Ryan Tannehill, as of today, is a top-ten quarterback. It's just a fact. You've got to put that in your brains. He's been electric the last year and a half since he started starting for the for the Tennessee Titans. So I think it's a massive win for Tennessee. It's an all-in move. And I think it doesn't help their defense any. Then they gotta they gotta find a way to still rush the passer passer better. And I'd like to see Tennessee still make a move or two in that regard. Because they struggle to get at um the other team's quarterbacks, but I think this this immediately puts Tennessee, in my opinion, right in there is that conversation for who's the third best team in the AFC. We know it's Kansas City. We know Buffalo's number two. Who's the third best team in the AFC? I can't wait to watch uh, Carson Wentz on the Colts. Can he elevate them? Can I? Can it be Ryan Tannehill? You know, are they just as good as Pittsburgh and Baltimore and Cleveland? I think so. I think they're right there. So I think you have that group of teams then, Miami, New England. I think they're just right below in, in that fight for Tennessee, Indianapolis, you know, uh, uh, and the AFC North teams, Baltimore, Cleveland, uh, Pittsburgh. Who's the third best team? I Right now, I would say... Tennessee is that third best team. Their offense is incredible. And if they're healthy all year, and if Julio Jones is healthy and motivated, which I think he will be, because I think Julio Jones knows that in a year from now, if he puts up incredible numbers, he could sign himself a nice end-his-career type three-year deal with a lot of guaranteed money to kind of then pick and choose where he wants to go, or maybe he stays in Tennessee. 
So it'll be really fascinating to watch. I, I think it's a great move for them. And you know what? For Atlanta, I, it's weird. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what Atlanta was thinking with that. It, it must have been Julio really saying to them, listen, I will not re-sign with you no matter what. And it, then they look in the mirror and say, well, can we get something for him? And getting a second and a fourth is not nothing. You would have loved to have gotten a first, but getting something is better than getting nothing. And if Julio was that disgruntled, Julio would have played this year. I don't think he would have held out. But I do think if you're Julio, it just gets that point. And and if he made it so abundantly clear to them that no matter what you do, I ain't coming back, then I guess you got to make that move. And you got to get something for him. I just think it's a bummer because I I do think Atlanta has a chance to compete for a wild card spot. They're not going to win their division. They're not going to be Tampa. But I, I, st- I still think Atlanta, with Arthur Smith and in, in, in now having an offensive coach, I, I, I was really excited to see this offense put up numbers, but now I don't know what to think of Atlanta. And uh, is is Ridley a real number one? I, we're going to see. He, you know, there's no, there's no, I, I know he spent a lot of time without Julio Jones, so it's going to be really fascinating to watch. But I love the move for Tennessee. And for Julio. Because I think Tannehill has been electric. It's been great. And, and you have Derrick Henry. You know, you don't have to go there. You have A.J. Brown. You have Derrick Henry already. The pressure's not just on Julio to be the man, the man. All right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers not reporting to training camp. I love it. <laughs> I love it for a couple of reasons. Obviously, as a Bears fan, I love it because it just creates this tension in Green Bay. It's just tension. But this story is not about Aaron Rodgers. The story is about Jordan Love. And that's just simple. Aaron Rodgers is banking and betting money that Jordan Love will not improve enough in camp to where the Packers will feel good rolling in with Jordan Love. Because this is a non-story. Aaron Rodgers not showing up and not playing for Green Bay is a non-story if Jordan Love is really, really good. Because if Jordan Love's really, really good... Then that's what Green Bay drafted him for anyways, to be their future quarterback. So why not just start the process? And do whatever you want, Aaron. Green Bay's got a great roster. They got Devontae Adams. They have a solid defense. They have a good old line. They have a great running back. Good tight end. Green Bay is a win-now team. They are an NFC playoff team if they have above-average top 15 quarterback play. So the story's about Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers spent a whole year with Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers is sitting there in Hawaii, in California, with Shailene Woodley. And you know what Aaron Rodgers is saying? I bet money and my own reputation that in three, four weeks, in a month from now, he's going to get legitimate phone calls from the organization going, we need you. Because Jordan's not ready. And Jordan... To whatever his credit, again, he may be ready next year. By this time next year, Jordan Love might be like fully ready to go. Boom, all systems go, and they're ready, and he's going to be a, a really good quarterback in the NFL. I don't know. But right now, what we're seeing from the videos, from what we're hearing from out of Packers camp, it doesn't look great. Now, he did finally speak to the media. He sounds like an NFL quarterback. I love the sound, the look. Good-looking kid. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's going to be fine from that perspective. But it's a really interesting thing. The story's about Jordan Love. It's not about Aaron Rodgers. 
And, and in a lot of ways, uh, you know, if you're Aaron, why not just retire? If you're serious about it, retire so you don't have to pay the fines, save some money, sign the contract with Jeopardy, do a year of Jeopardy, work out, play, throw to wide receivers in Southern California, just chill for a year, and then let the Packers trade you next year when it's really affordable for them to trade you. And when, uh, when you know, it, when you come on back and your rights are reinstored and, and, and you know, and, and you're going to be done with them anyways. I, I don't know if he'll do it. Because I think Aaron is all about Aaron. And, and I think Aaron loves the spotlight of being the Green Bay Packers quarterback and being in those big games. And I don't think he's necessarily willing to take the risk 100% that Jordan Love, uh, will, you know, will suck all season. But, hey. Either way, this is about Jordan Love. It's not about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is an MVP. His legacy doesn't change one bit if he retires and never plays again or if he plays a couple more years. Because I don't think Aaron Rodgers is necessarily winning a Super Bowl anymore. We saw it. If he was going to win a Super Bowl, it was going to be last year. So he's going to retire with one Super Bowl, ton of great records, really great talent, top 10 quarterback of all time. That's not, None of these going to change with Aaron Rodgers' legacy at this point. It's about Jordan Love. Can he or can't he play? If he can play, Packers are fine. Rodgers will retire or they'll trade him. If he can't play, then the Packers will do everything they can to get Rodgers back. And Rodgers will come back and there'll be a lot of tension. I don't think they'll, I think they'll be a playoff team because Aaron Rodgers is that good and Devontae Adams is that good. But I don't, but again, we're not talking about Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. We're just not. There's too much tension. There's too much bubbling. There's too much. Un- uneasiness in the organization. All right, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. When we come back from the final break, thoughts on the college football playoff, 12-team, the expansion, it could be coming soon, and the Bears officially signed Justin Fields and what it means not only for the Bears, but in a larger sense, the NFL. We'll get into all that as well. Live and local on a Saturday in Hannibal, it's on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO. 70 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. It's a beautiful weekend to buy a car. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you faith family giving back. They live and breathe that. Ask them about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. All right. Um, College football playoff expansion. They're voting on it sometime in Chicago this week, uh, going from four to 12. I think that's a big jump. Um, I'd be okay with it, though, because I think if you get to 12, you may never have to get to 16, and I really don't want to see 16 because we, we just got to be honest. It, no, no matter how many they put in, it's going to be about the same seven teams in the world of college football that win championships. Ohio State, Alabama, uh, Notre Dame, Clemson, you know, Texas, it's the same teams, Georgia, LSU, Oregon. It'll, it'll be there every year. And, and, and what I, I, I don't mind them expanding. I don't. But the problem is they, I don't like the way they sell it. They sell it as, no, no, this will be great. It's exposure. Mizzou football, you're going to make the playoff. It'll be exposure. You know, if you win uh, 10 games. Illinois football, it's exposure. You could make the playoff if you, you know, only lose one game. Exposure is only good if it's good exposure. How? What good does it do for Mizzou football or Illinois football, mid-tier Power 5 teams, 
if they have a magical run, make the playoff, and then they get absolutely obliterated 53-13 to by Georgia in front of a, a 10 million people watching the playoff game. That's bad exposure. If I'm that kid who's then had an offer from Mizzou, but also an offer from Georgia, I'm going, uh, yeah, I, I don't want any part of that. I don't want to be embarrassed by friends and family on national TV. And also, a team like Mizzou or Illinois, mid-tier Power 5 programs, think about the BCS era or even the current four-team playoff era. If you go undefeated and you have a magical season, right, you're going to be in. If a Power 5 team goes undefeated, you're going to be in. You're going to be one of those top four spots because it means you would have knocked off an Alabama, uh, uh, in for Illinois' case, uh, an Ohio State, you would have won the Big Ten Conference, you would have won the SEC Championship, you would be in. Then all you have to do is win one game and you're in the National Championship. Right? Then whatever happens, happens. You don't win, you know, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you get, you know, it's competitive, but you lose. Now, you're still going to have to go undefeated or maybe be a one-loss team have a miracle season, and you're going to have to win four games to win a national championship. It's just never going to happen. So stop selling. This is great. It's great for college football because it's a lot more money, and it is more talked about during the NFL playoffs. You're going to get more exposure. It's great to talk about, and I, and I, and I get that. I'm for it. But you got to start paying these players then because they're going to be playing 17 games. It's, it, the money's going to be even more ridiculous. So it's stupid for you to sit there and say, oh, you're going to pay the players. No, no, no. The money is going to be insane, the TV deals they're going to sign with ESPN, Fox, CBS. It's going to be absolutely bonkers. Billions and billions and billions of dollars. So you're going to have to start paying the players, which they should have already been. And you, 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 you just be honest about it. Like, it's not going to help the little guys. Yeah, UCF might actually get in the playoff now just to get rolled. My team, NIU, a MAC school, go undefeated, get in the playoffs, just get rolled. And again, I'd be happy. I'm, I'm aware of that. I'm not a dumb fan who thinks, oh, Illinois, NIU has a chance to win the national title. They never have. But the small, small chance they did have, it's now going to be completely gone. They ain't winning Mizzou, if they go undefeated, Illinois, if they go undefeated, ain't winning four games against the best of the best in college football. Now, the one thing you could say, if you get a really great coach in your program, miracle coach, and that you recruit a great class, and maybe you do make it to the national championship, maybe that does build some momentum, and eventually, if you just, all the pieces go right, you could build a program that all of a sudden is now a, a, a more consistent winning program? Maybe. Like the Iowa, I think this helps the Iowas, the Wisconsins, uh, those teams, the Texases, who are just on the outside right now, the Michigans who are just on the outside, who are like just clawing and screaming, you know, they're so close, kind of year after year. I think it helps them because they're already ready. Like they just need that help. You know what I mean? They need that little extra boost to – to get back to competing with Ohio State and, and and Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Clemson and Notre Dame. It helps those teams because they're going to get in. 
So, like, that exposure will help them. If, and if they can win a game or two, Northwestern, I think it helps them already because they would have been in. So, but for these teams, like, oh, we're going to help the little guy. Just don't don't let yourself fall into that. Uh, finally, really quickly, the Bears signed Justin Fields four years, $18 million. Think about that number. Think about that. That is why you're going to see it's going to be really, really ridiculous when the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield wants $35 million next year. Teams should do this more. The Bears actually, this is a great plan. You have a win-now roster. You've had it. Now, again, they picked the wrong quarterback in the first four years. But you're paying your quarterback over four years half of what Matt Ryan's making just one year from now in the next year. That's insane. On the mark, News Talk 1070, KHMO. Have a great weekend. Great week. Enjoy the playoffs. NASCAR All-Star Race this weekend. You'll all be watching. Follow me on Twitter, at Mark Hespin. Enjoy it. Have a good one. Be safe. And we'll see you next week. On the mark, News Talk 1070, KHMO. Hey.